Rutherford Issues on News Radio WGNS. Back on the show, and it is time for us to catch up here on News Radio WGNS with John Mitchell. John joins us here today as we're going to talk about uh, things going on with the Salvation Army. Salvation Army here in uh, Rutherford County has uh, been very, very busy of late. And John, I know that last time we talked, we had just gotten past the uh, Christmas season, and here we are still in the throes of of winter. And um, you were telling me before we went on the air that uh, the shelter is as full as it's been in a while. Yeah, it is, Brian. Uh, good, good, uh, good morning. Good to talk to you and everybody out in Radio Land this morning. We, uh, you know, just like everybody else, COVID impacted us greatly, and um, it created some opportunities. Um, we kind of took a step back and did some deep cleaning, some uh, remodeling, if you will, of the shelter that was uh, due. And then when we uh, put it, everything back together. It, you know, we started getting the word out that we're back open, and now we're, uh, I wouldn't say we're at full capacity, but we're the fullest we've been in, in a long time. Um, and But we've got some philosophy changes that uh, we're addressing as far as our goals. So our goal is to get people into permanent housing as quick as we can. You know, so if somebody comes to the shelter and they're there two weeks, then that's a win, you know. So uh, for a couple reasons, you know, uh, our shelter hasn't been as full, but, uh, you know, we'll we'll, uh, we'll just keep working on our programs and, and work on that goal of getting people in their own place and being self-sufficient. That um, that brings up interesting uh, conversation here about uh, philosophy change and, and what that means. So kind of walk us through that and, and some of the uh, changes that you all have been making. Yeah, well, along with the philosophy change, uh, really came new programming. Um, so, you know, if you'd been in the uh, Salvation Army uh, facility within the last couple of years, we may have walked back towards the gym and seen a room that was used sometimes for youth programming or for different things. But now uh, the backside of the shelter is set up to help families uh, basically, this was created out of the need we knew was growing with COVID with a family coach. So so now our philosophy change was you didn't just have to be in the shelter to get services from us. Now uh, we're going to have people coming in that may or may not need to get in our shelter but still need that extra help, especially with the families. So the families have received, um, you know, anything from um, – gift cards or food bags, um, all the way to the fact that we created a Learning Pods Resource Hubs concept where if they were having issues with distance learning or just needed some school supplies or a place to come and get on the Internet, then we made that available. So the philosophy change was bigger than just the shelter. It was uh, basically, you know, utilizing our entire facility for new needs that was coming out of COVID. Um, on top of that, uh, once again, we uh, hired a LifeNav uh, coach. The Life Navigation coach works with individuals or families uh, in the shelter, but also is actually going out to the encampments these days and supplying 
food uh, twice a week, a meal, or just uh, mentoring and praying and uh, reaching out to those people where they are. And, of course, if they're out there and they identify that they do need shelter or, more importantly, are interested in pursuing the shelter, then they can encourage them to come in and fill out the application and, and get in our shelter. Um, and then the last stage of that philosophy change was, you know, in our shelter, if we've had people staying there for, you know, long periods of time, um, we just kind of said that's not what we were really set up for. We really need to kind of stress the issue that we believe in you enough that you can get out and get your own place. And there's an actual um, goal-setting book that we encourage everybody to, you know, well, we don't encourage everybody that comes into our shelter, works through that book, identifies some goals, the ultimate goal being getting your own place, which means, okay, if you don't have a job, you know you're going to have to sustain that with a job and um, reaching those goals. So we've uh, we've seen some uh, some pretty good success of reaching a few people, and instead of letting them get a little too comfortable uh, in the shelter for a longer period of time to um, set some goals and say, let's get you out there on your own. And when I say permanent housing, we're not necessarily talking about you know, going to one of these hotels, and that does happen. It's something, it's a cycle we're trying to help break, but our goal is to get somebody, you know, working, uh, paying their bills and paying their own um, at an apartment or um, nobody's really moving into a home right away, but um, they're moving into apartments and moving their way towards uh, being self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think a lot of time uh, times, John, and, and John Mitchell with the Salvation Army is with us today. When we think of shelter, you know, there there are different types of shelters. You know, it's it's not like an emergency shelter in terms of getting out of the cold or, you know, a um, um, homeless shelter like you would maybe think just for people to come in and out. I mean, you, you operate very differently than that. We do. Um, there is a process, and because we do receive, uh, you know, some federal money, um, we work through the continuum of care in um, in the local community, which means we're partnering with other like-minded agencies, whether it be Greenhouse Ministries, Journey Home, uh, Cold Patrol, and our staff is working weekly with them. But the one thing that pulls us all together in the continuum of care is the input system um and in that system in charity tracker um we're all working out of the same process so um when somebody enters uh one agency's um that in, that information is put in there so other agencies can track the progress or maybe the lack of progress yeah of an individual that's uh seeking help and it I mean, let's face it, we all know that occasionally churches would say, hey, we're having people come to us, and they find out that a family just comes through town and asks for money and moves on. So it's, it was set up also to eliminate some of the uh, uh, fraud that may have been happening where people weren't, you know, out of the best intentions just trying to get money and, and uh, not really, you know, need it for the reasons they say they did. So, so you know, John that is Q, where we all come together and work through the charity yeah. tracker system, continue of care, and um, you know, try to 
it, you know, I would encourage if you're a church and you've never heard of Charity Tracker, I would call the United Way and ask for one of their staff to help train you up. Because if you have a benevolence fund uh, and you're trying to discern, should I help this family? Are they telling me the truth? Charity Tracker is a big tool to help you in discernment of real needs. So John Q. Smith comes to Greenhouse Ministries and um, receives some help. Then that information goes into Charity Tracker, which you can access, and the other organizations, even churches, uh, can access that information that John Q. Smith received this help, and that helps everyone to know that this isn't just someone that's going from organization to organization to receive money and funds and uh, things of that nature, abusing the, the system, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that that's exactly right, Brian. And, uh, you know, I want to give a shout-out to United Way because they took the lead in putting Charity Tracker uh, out there for agencies and churches to use, and it just so happened that the uh, data collection and uh, tracking system that we needed to do with the continue of care fit well within Charity Tracker. Mm-hmm. So it was a win-win. Um, and, you know, it takes a lot of data entry, it takes a long time, and so a lot of our staff is spending, you know, quite a few hours trying to get that information in the system so people will, you know, be able to have a better picture of what's going on in the community um, and the outcomes, you know, what type of real outcomes are having with all these agencies working together to try to, you know, help reach, uh, you know, I don't know that we're ever going to eliminate, totally eliminate homelessness or, food insecurity, but we sure want to do the best we can to minimize it and take it as low as we can. Uh, some very good information this this morning, John, on that. And I, I, again, I, I think that there may be a little confusion by some folks of, um, you know, knowing exactly what you know, how the shelter works. And, and I think that helps us kind of understand um, sheltering and, and and what the Salvation Army does and you're not duplicating programs of other organizations but still uh, working together. I'm sure you get a lot of referrals from other places that say here's someone that the Salvation Army can can help quicker and and get them back on their feet and, and into secure housing. Well that's an everyday occurrence at Salvation Army. It's referrals in and referrals out. So when somebody calls and you know um, there's a part where our mission stops and we don't cover that aspect of somebody's need. We know who to refer them to. And, of course, when somebody's looking for, uh, you know, shelter for a family, they know, they know to call us. And, um, you know, the referrals go beyond just locally. Sometimes we referred some of our clients to a Salvation Army long-term uh, drug rehab center, you know, one within the Salvation Army or one without the Salvation Army. So I think the reality of it is, is you know, we don't try to be all things to all people. When we don't do a certain aspect, then we want to know what agency does and how to refer them. But also in defining our shelter, yes, people can come in under, when you say emergency, they can come in, but they're there. They get a bed. That's theirs. It's not just they're there for a day and then they leave. Um, but once they're there for a day, they're participating in a program. Uh, to better themselves and you know the thing that some people may not realize is we're not built to be 
a drug rehab center. Now, we have aspects of spiritual growth and counseling and mentoring to where somebody, you know, can can help when they're trying to make that move. But when you're talking about long-term drug rehab, that's a specific program that uh, we're going to refer somebody to versus try to stretch um, our resources, what we have in the building, to, you know, make a claim that we're doing that. We're not claiming we're a long-term rehab center. We would much rather put that person in the hands of professionals that are doing that every day. Mm-hmm. John, uh, before our time gets away, I did want to uh, to mention something that uh, I know that you all have been uh, kind of working on some plans for Beyond the Bells, and that's typically a May event. Last year, we were unable to uh, have that particular event, and you've made some decisions on how you'll move forward with the 2021 Beyond the Bells. Yeah, we decided with the way uh, COVID-19 uh, was going, the numbers and the vaccine, and we're all seeing some progress, but... We knew in May that was not going to be a time to, um, you know, push the Beyond the Bells in its normal time. So right now we're tentatively planning to do this in September, and we'll probably still be planning for a virtual event with the possibility of having um, a face-to-face meeting, if possible, if safe, but maybe in a smaller uh, capacity. So we're, the, the committee did meet, and we are planning on it. Beyond the Bells has created a great foundation for the money we need to operate. So we'll be launching some information soon, but it will be uh, in September. Now, when you talk about Beyond the Bells or Red Kettle Challenge, these are campaigns, if you will, that have a start date way before the event. So if somebody wanted to support the Beyond the Bells, they could do that today. Uh, we'll be sending information that'll get people queued in on that. Um, but basically, the the best thing to know is when you're participating in a fundraising campaign, your money stays local and is helping our local programs, missions, and services right here in Rutherford County. Well, John, as always, I appreciate the update, and uh, thanks for uh, keeping us uh, updated on the Salvation Army and, and all the great work that's going on here. And we look forward to catching up with you next month. Well, Brian, thank you so much. And everybody stay safe out there. Uh, somewhere out there is uh, going to be a bird chirping and spring coming, but we don't see it today. No, that that's very true. Uh, I, I, I keep seeing this meme pop up on social media that with the groundhog that says, y'all thought I was joking, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got us on that one sure did john mitchell joining us today from the salvation army and that's going to do it for our program want to thank you so much for being a part of it don't forget you can check wgnsradio.com under podcast tap on rutherford issues and listen back to any of our shows or wherever you listen to audio whether it's on itunes google play stitcher any of those uh, podcast locations you can find wgns local programming have a great day and as john said stay safe out there everybody 